Here we go. Welcome to the Transform with Travel podcast, where we share stories of personal transformation and life lessons through our experiences of traveling and exploring the world. Travel is the ultimate accelerator for personal growth, and it can be the root catalyst for the pivots and plot twists we make in our lives. I'm your host, Kelly Tolliday, and it's my mission to inspire you to live life to its fullest, travel with an open mind and heart, and let the world show you a new perspective. I'm so grateful you're here with us today, so let's dive right in. Happy exploring. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Kelly Tolliday, and I am the host of the Transform with Travel podcast. I just wanted to jump on before today's episode aired just to say that we had some minor audio technical difficulties during the airing of this episode. And although there is some glitches, I just want to encourage you to stick with the episode because Michelle Hansley is on the pod today talking all about child and baby sleep while we're traveling, how to support your children with their sleep, even through multiple time zones. And it is just such a goodie of an episode that I just wanted to come on and say there was some minor, minor, minor technical difficulties and just to push through with the audio because there is just so much value that Michelle gives us in this episode that I want to make sure that you push through and listen to the whole thing because I am just so excited to share all of this knowledge and all this information with you today. So with that said, please enjoy the episode. Write me a note if you loved it. Send Michelle a DM. Just let us know if it has helped you on your holiday travel as this is airing just before the holidays. We wanted to make sure everyone had time to really soak in all of the information that she had to give and be able to implement it on your upcoming holiday travels. All right. See you on the other side. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Transform with Travel podcast. I'm so excited to have Michelle here with us today, Michelle Hansley. She is a certified sleep consultant through the Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. After going on her own sleep journey with her two daughters over seven years ago, Michelle realized the importance of sleep in children for their development, temperament, and overall well-being. And she began to develop a passion for healthy sleep habits. Michelle launched her business, Make Sleep Sweet, three years ago and supports families all over the country through her virtual services. And so I'm so excited to have you here today. I'm so glad to be here and how, you know, we've connected and grown together. Yeah, it's just great to be joining you on this journey. Yeah, thank you. So everyone listening, Michelle and I have known each other for two or three years now. We're part of the same mom's group in the suburb that we are living in, where our families are growing up. And you are just such a connector for people, like everyone in our Facebook group, someone's like, does anybody know someone who can do this? And you're always the first person to raise your hand or tag someone or you're, you're always helping people, which I think- I love it. Is Any like, opportunity to help other moms, you know, when we're all in the same boat. And in the yeah, throes of it. I mean, I'm so grateful for our community and that support we get. Yeah. And I think it really lends itself to how you kind of fallen into this line of work of helping families. And I know we've had conversations with, with my daughter's sleep and you've helped us navigate some challenges with our sleep. So I'm really excited to share this with yes. everyone. So, uh, yeah. What I was going to say is kind of like you said, it's almost just grown organically, you know, after the birth of my first daughter, she's seven now. I was familiar with BabyWise. That was what my sister-in-law used. It worked great for her son. So my husband and I read through the book, decided to give it a try. And, you know, I found myself when she was young, dangling keys in her face to try to keep her awake till a nap time. And it just didn't feel right for me. I was like, there has to be other ways. You know, it, it didn't feel good. And she was getting 
cranky towards the end of like that witching hour at the night and it just wasn't a great way to end the night and we weren't sleeping great. And I really started to look, that's when I started to really explore healthy sleep habits. I knew how beneficial not only it was for babies, but for myself. Mm. I mean, I need to get good sleep to be able to thrive as a mom also. So yeah, I I just looked into different ways and I think that's when I realized how Every child is so different. And I, I always coach my families to let them know there's no one-size-fits-all approach. So I became passionate about it. I kept researching it. And, you know, I had my second daughter, who's now four, and I implemented some of the things I had learned along the way with her. And family reached out and friends reached out. And they said, hey, I have a neighbor. And she has some questions on sleep. And it just kind of really, again, grew organically through being able to help other families. Yeah, I think sleep can be such an anxiety and such a trigger for mm-hmm. families. I know for me, that's my biggest sleep is number one. If my daughter doesn't have a good nap, I already get nervous about how the nighttime is going to go. And so I think it's so great that you can support people in that capacity. And so you mentioned how you got involved with learning more about sleep when your daughters were were growing yeah. up. At what stage was there like a turning point? I'm going to make this into a business or I'm going to become certified or do whatever certifications you needed to do. At what stage were you like, this is the moment for me? I mean, I was looking to get back into something for myself. I had been staying home with my girls and I wanted to get back into helping contribute financially so my husband could be home a little bit more with our family also. And it was just something I was so passionate about. At that time, I hadn't thought of turning it into a business, but I kind of made a list of things I love and helping families with sleep was one of them. So I decided to explore it. A friend of mine directed me to a Facebook group called Boss Moms. And I just put a post up and said, you know, I'm thinking of becoming a sleep consultant. I don't even know where to start. And through there, I connected with other people. And again, it just kind of began growing. And I will say, I knew as soon as I helped my first family that this is what I was meant to do. I always say I got into it because of the healthy sleep habits in children, but the amount that comes, the reward that comes out from hearing from moms, you know, I feel like I lost a part of myself because I can't get to the gym anymore. I'm holding my baby all day, hoping they'll nap. And then they start sleeping during the day and the mom can pick up a yoga class or do a workout in her garage and families can get to the beach together because they have more of a routine. You know, it's just so much more rewarding than I ever thought. Sure. It's, I always say with sleep, it's like you, it's a little bit of discipline to give you so much freedom. Yes. It's just a little bit of, okay, for a couple weeks, we just have to stick with it. You got it. And then you have so much more freedom to be able to do that yoga class, to know that your baby is going to sleep roughly till 6.30 or 7 in the morning. So you can go to the gym in the morning or whatever it is for you that makes it feel like you're finding yourself again as a mom. So for everyone who that's listening who doesn't know what sleep training is or they've heard the super you know negative, scary things about sleep training, can you give a little bit of background of what sleep training is for you specifically? Absolutely. And I always feel sleep consultants get a bad rap sometimes. A lot of times when people hear sleep training, they associate it with crying it out. And they assume they'll have to let their child cry it out in order for them to sleep. I will say cry it out is also known as extinction. And it is a method of sleep training, but I don't think people realize how many methods there are. So essentially, sleep training is teaching a child to fall asleep independently. And as adults, we get tired, we get into bed, and we fall asleep. And we don't think of independent sleep as a skill that has to be learned. So we teach our children how to crawl. We teach them how to talk and eat. But we don't realize that independent sleep is also a skill. And unless we 
give our children that skill and an opportunity to learn how to fall asleep independently, it's not something, you know, there are some children you hear like those unicorn babies that just sleep perfectly since birth. Um, but that's only about 20% of kids. So 80% of babies need to be taught how to fall asleep independently. And essentially that's what sleep training is. Teaching your child the skills of independent sleep. There are so many different methods to go about doing that. Some are more hands-on. And I do think it's important to find what works well for your family. I think that's the benefit of working with a sleep consultant because they can kind of tailor it a little bit more to your needs and your family dynamic. But yeah, it's again, giving your children new skills. Yeah. I I remember when I first heard about sleep training and somebody, I think I saw it on Instagram, like it's about teaching your kids the independent skills of how to fall asleep independently. And I'm like, okay, that's, we teach our kids how to walk. We teach them how to feed themselves. We teach them how to talk. We we do all these things for their development, right. but then we just expect them to know how to sleep through the night or how to take a nap. And so, like you said, there are a lot of different methods for sleep training and it doesn't have to be just cry it out. There's a lot of ways to do it in a gentle way and in a way that the baby feels supported in a way that you feel supported. So I love that you explain that in that way. So the reason why we have Michelle here on a travel podcast (laughs) is because a lot of our listeners are families and a lot of the anxieties and the fears that I hear about families is, I don't want to go into a different time zone because it's going to mess up their nap. Or Mm -hmm. if I have a 12 o'clock flight and he's going to fall, his nap is normally at 1230. What do I do? How do I adjust my naps? And so a lot of what we're going to talk about today is those travel tips for kids and for families so they can feel supported. I know you just supported a family through a 30 hour travel time. We'll get to that in in a second. But I would love to hear just your own thoughts about traveling on your own as a family. Like, what does it mean for you to be able to show your kids? I know you do a lot of adventures with your girls. We are team road trip. I love road trips. We've driven North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee. I personally just love not having to be on a schedule. I do feel like our lives at home are so schedule-based. To just be able to pack up and go and see where the adventure takes us has been, you know, freeing for me. Number one tip I can do to give is just to be flexible and to set realistic expectations. I've listened to a couple of your podcasts also, and you've said, you know, you just have to sometimes go with the flow and you can come up with a plan. But if there's one thing I've learned in motherhood, it's, you know, you have a perfect plan and then a child wakes up sick or something happens at work. So again, I think the flexibility you need in daily lives has to also carry over in travel. Yeah, absolutely. And what have you found or learned with with traveling with your girls, like seeing the world through their eyes? What has that done for you as a family, you think? Yeah, just those experiences. I think it helps us to appreciate it more. You know, even the little things that we take for granted when the girls are seeing things for the very first time. And that excitement in their eyes definitely helps make it more exciting for us and the bonding experience of doing these trips together as a family of four. Yeah, taking adventures together definitely brings us closer together. Yeah, you guys inspire me so much because we've done like some big flights, but we haven't done a super long haul road trip with the girls yet. Mine mine are like, I'm maybe like four years behind you in the process of my two girls' ages. But yeah, I love seeing where you guys go and just how it's like, it's so possible to take your family on the road with you or to adventure with you. What did we do? Our last, like the trip I'm most proud of, it was President's Day weekend. We hadn't really done much traveling 
like it was earlier this year. And I told my husband, the girls have been asking to see snow. I was like, let's just pack up the car and drive until we see snow. You know, they're off school. Let's do it. And we had no set hotel rooms. No, I was, I think I was posting in mom's club that week. Like, does anyone have cold clothes? I need boots for my girls. And we drove, we ended up packing up the car. We drove to Savannah. We spent the night there. We got back in the car and kept on driving. And we pulled in to a stoplight in Boone, North Carolina. And it started snowing on the car. We pulled over, got a hotel there. And it was, it was just magical. The videos I have of the girls just you know, it wasn't a downpour, but for our South Florida girls, yeah. it was snowing. And, and it's really not that far either. I mean, it's, yeah. it's far, what, 14-hour yeah. drive or something yep, like that. Yeah, and we broke it up. But yeah, just again, so the cool. just being able to go, it was, yeah, just freeing and we loved it. That's awesome. This episode is brought to you by Child & Company. Child & Company is South Florida's first family-friendly office space featuring private offices, a professional content creation studio, and childcare for hybrid work and work-from-home parents located in Boca Raton. Child & Company is founded on the belief that you shouldn't have to choose between raising a family and being career-driven. Their core mission is to create an environment where family and work can exist in harmony. The best part to me as a mom is that you can pop in and breastfeed your baby or have lunch with your toddler if you like and then pop back into your office for your Zoom meeting, which I think is so key, especially for newborn moms going back to work. It's the perfect transition from emerging out of the newborn bubble and getting back to the business you love. Child & Company provides you the flexibility to work in a beautifully designed, ergonomic private office with insanely good Wi-Fi connection and soundproofing while just being steps away from your child. They have monthly themes that they base their lessons on, like exploring the animals of the Amazon, which I obviously love when children get opportunities to learn more about the world and build a sense of curiosity. Child & Company offers weekly and monthly classes and events like Zumbini, music class for babies, mindful cooking for toddlers, big kid yoga, and mindful mama community events, and so much more. I've been a member since February 2023, utilizing their private offices and their professional content creation studio. Child & Company is where all of the magic happens for this podcast. Their beautiful recording studio is soundproofed with state-of-the-art equipment, microphones, lighting, and cameras. So you can record your podcast, course content, meditation clips, and anything else you might want to record for your business. The Child & Company team truly feels like family. They are an extension of my team over here at Rising Nature Retreats and the Transform with Travel podcast, as well as an extension of my own family. If you're local to Palm Beach and Broward County, do yourself a favor and check out Child & Company. Visit www.childandcompany.com or head over to Instagram at Child & Company. So, okay. So to the travel side of things. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about jet lag and time Mm -hmm. zones, because even going from Florida to Tennessee is an hour time change, and that can wreak havoc on a child's, you know, circadian rhythm on their nap times, let alone going from Florida to where I'm going, Thailand. I'm probably going to lean on you. (laughs) This is going to be like a personal sleep consultant episode here (laughs) of going a 12-hour time difference, a 17-hour time difference. So. What would you say to families who are looking at where they're going and there is going to be a time change? What are some pieces of advice that you can give to someone? Yeah, I think, again, with that one-size-fits-all approach, I think it's important to look at the age of your kids, the time difference you are traveling to, how long you're going to be there. You know, if we were going to Tennessee for two days, would it be worth 
changing their whole schedule or just kind of keeping them on our schedule and staying up a little later or earlier those two days. And how many times they're napping? You know, for the most part, I love the idea. And I don't know if you do this with traveling, but just getting grounded when you get to a new place and getting sunlight. Mm. So when you land or you arrive in your new destination and there is a time change, find a place to just take off your shoes, stand in the ground and soak up the sunlight. I absolutely help think that helps with our internal clock and our rhythm being able to sync, like you said, with the new time zone. So that's huge. During the day, getting sunlight If you're inside somewhere, still keeping windows open, as much light as possible during the day. And then again, depending on the time difference, you know, offering catnaps if you need to, to get a child extended a little bit later. So if it would look like the time they're going to sleep ends up later than it is at home, give them some catnaps during the day to push them through to the new bedtime. I usually say the first day you're there is kind of like just a day to get your body acclimated. So give a nap when they don't normally nap if they need to stay up later. Or if the based on the time zone, they'll be falling asleep earlier, hold off on a nap and take them to a park and let them have a longer wake time to tire them out to get to bed. So I do think the first day is kind of just falling into a new rhythm. Mm-hmm. And then the second day you're there waking up at the time you want to set the standard for for the rest of your trip and getting right into the um, new time zone. Okay. I, I like that. So it's like allow that first day to flow how you need to flow. Like you said, right. be flexible, adapt, add cat naps if you need, go to the park if you need to extend them. But then on that next day, no matter really what's happened the day before, you're do your waking best. Up to, at your if you wake up at time. seven at home, yeah. you're going to wake up at seven. The next exactly. Day. And would that be the same if you were, say, going to Europe or you mm-hmm. were going to Asia or something like that? You would do the exact same thing? Exact same thing. And again, being as flexible as you need to on the plane rides and the first day you're there just getting acclimated. But I do think there is something to be said with getting grounded and soaking up the sunlight during the day as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's actually a a big body of research around the UV and the blue light and how Mm -hmm. the spectrum of the colors change throughout the day. And so if the colors coming off through the sky and through the sun are changing at mid, from noon to mid late afternoon yes. to, yep. and at night. And so the more that you can get out during those times and let like no sunglasses, no nothing, just naked eyeballs <laughs> yes. out there get in the sun. And then you're able to, your body can adjust and produce the melatonin at the time that it's supposed right. to. Right. And so. as the sun starts to set, the body naturally starts to relax. Yeah. And yeah, so. Cool. Yes. So for those really long travel days, whether mm-hmm. it's a road trip or you had a client that went all the way, you know, 30 plus hours of travel time, there's a lot of naps that are potentially being missed or delayed, or you have to sleep overnight on a plane. What yeah. do you say, let's say for a, a, a baby nine to 12 months, let's just say like a, a late infant, what would yeah. you say for something like that? I think it's important to remember that you can't force a child to sleep. Mm. I think the biggest things you could do is to provide opportunities for them to sleep. So if you'll be at the airport having a stroller or having a baby carrier, having a space where they can nap, walk them in the stroller for a while, carry them in the carrier to be able to provide those opportunities. But again, with setting those realistic expectations, I think, like you said, you know, if one of your kids misses a nap, you get worked up and you get stressed and it kind of ruins your day. They feed off of that. They know. And the more stressed you get the less likely it will be for them to nap. So I think you try your best. You have the space, you have the opportunities, and you walk them around for 30 minutes and they don't end up falling asleep. Give them a snack, let them play, and reset again 20 minutes later and try. Same with on a plane. And that's, I have a quote that my client sent me just before we got on. They just finished 
A two-week trip, they had 30 hours of travel between flights, layovers, nine different planes. And I was going to read what she wrote because this was something I told her, you know, again, to be flexible. And she said, on shorter flights, I didn't force him to nap because it would just upset him when you're trying to force a child to fall asleep. He would often just cuddle in on us and fall asleep on his own when he was ready. So yeah, I think having the opportunity and the space and picking up on some of their cues, but if it's not exactly at 1 p.m. and they fall asleep at 1 p.m. at home, it's okay. Like just remembering that. Yeah. I think for someone like me who's very regimented, I have my nap schedule. It, yes. We have to be home by certain times. Traveling definitely threw me for a loop, especially with my first daughter. I think with the second, I know because of historical evidence from my first, like she's going to be fine if she hasn't totally right. done her hours or her, you know, the exact time for sleeping. But I do really like that offering the opportunities to sleep, maybe having a little cover so it's a little darker mm-hmm. or they have a little portable sound machine. I yeah, love I was gonna, those. I was yeah, definitely going to ask you about the a products. A couple of those. <laughs> we have one we plug into the car when we're taking road trips. We have them for the plane, for the stroller. So yes, the portable sound machines are perfect. And then one of the tips I also have is recreating bedtime as closely as possible. So wherever you're staying, we have the hatch light. I used to say I wouldn't get one because it's more technology and I'm not a fan of technology, but it has come in, in handy when we're traveling and it's an identifier and they know when the light is red, it's bedtime. When it's green, it's time to wake up. So we pack those for every trip. We always have a cue book. So at the end of bedtime, we finish with the same book every night or I tell families they could sing the same song. So again, recreating bedtime as closely as possible when you're either at a hotel or an Airbnb. If you have the option for children to have their own sleep space, that's a plus. Typically, we stay in one-bedroom hotels and we share beds, and it's the only time the girls get to share a bed with us, and they love that. It it adds to the experience for us. Yes, we look forward to that time also. But we still have the sound machine, the hatch light. We still read the books. So they still know, hey, we're in a hotel and you're sharing a bed with us, but we're doing this routine and it's time for bed. Yeah, so they're getting all the same cues that they would back home. Even now when I I rock my daughter just for a couple minutes after she finishes a bottle and I'll sing the same song and her eyes immediately start drooping. She's heard the same song likely since she was – I was pregnant with her because I was singing the same songs to my older daughter. And so it's really, it's so is really powerful to have within that flexibility, you have the same routines and structures. And so you mentioned a sound machine, you mentioned like a hatch, a light machine. Are there any other products that you like to bring with you to help? Maybe I know your daughters are older now, but for families with babies, are there any products that you recommend with traveling? We did a pack and play when they were younger so they could have a safe sleep space. There are so many products out there. There are slumber pods. There are blackout, like travel curtains. I think it's easy to get caught up in all of the products. I like to stick to the basics. You know, if your child has those independent sleep skills, they'll have them no matter where you are. So a lot of times if you stay at hotels or you stay at an Airbnb, they have Airbnb, they have blinds you can close. We try to keep it as minimal as possible, especially if you're already traveling on a plane, you know, you have car seats and strollers and it it can definitely add up. So there are definitely products out there. And I would tell families to do their own research. I personally keep it as simple as possible. So, you know, a sound machine doesn't take up much space, the hatch light, if they have a stuffy they love, and then a couple of those cue books. Yeah, that's that's really an interesting point because I'm now, as you're talking, I'm thinking about how much stress I've had 
having to pack the slumber pod and then the blackout curtains, or then I'd bring garbage bags instead of the blackout curtains, which are all very awesome products to have. Like the slumber pod is an amazing tool for those who don't know what a slumber pod is. It's basically like a like a blackout tent that you could put over Correct. a pack and play if you're mm-hmm. using the same hotel room as your baby. That way it's a dark, safe space for them without having to like turn the lights off for you and your partner. But these are things that just take up space as you're traveling. Then you've got yes. got to find the stuffy, then you got to find the book, then you've got to find the formula and the diapers right. and everything. And a lot of times we use those products as crutches. We think they won't sleep if they don't have X, Y, Z. And like you just said, if they can fall asleep independently, they're going to be able to do it outside of their environment. It might be a little wonky, maybe. Right. But I also say you're in a new space, in a new time. It's going to be wonky whether you yeah. have those products or not. I always like to think of my parents you know, we would go on trips and they didn't have all of these things and they made it work. Right. So again, I think it's easy to get caught up in all the products, which almost adds stuff. to the stress, yeah. right? Because then it's more stuff to pack, more stuff to find. So I think, again, if you can get into a little bit of a more of a go with the flow mentality and, you know, give it a couple of nights for them to adjust. And right. yeah, I, I think what you do the first night kind of sets the standard for the rest. So if you if they're just in a pack and play the first night, then they'll know to expect that for the rest of the trip. Right. Okay. Cool. So your tips are having the get, getting grounded, yep. getting out in sunlight for as mm-hmm. much as possible, being flexible that first day, and then the next day recreating you're back to bedtime, it, or recreating bedtime. Yes. And then with the getting flexible the first day, also kind of carries in as far as naps go. So offering having a space for naps. So. If you're sightseeing at museums, you know, always having the stroller or a carrier as an option for a nap. Even, honestly, we go to SeaWorld for the day and we still bring a double stroller. My seven-year-old, some days we'll have late nights when we're traveling and she gets exhausted. So she doesn't usually fall asleep, but she enjoys having just that downtime where we'll get a snack and she just gets to sit while we walk a little bit, having some downtime, which it brings me into another tip. So we talked about getting grounded, recreating bedtime, being flexible with naps. You know, if, if you have to do a few cat naps instead of quality naps, that's fine. And then, what was, let's see, trying to stick with one big activity a day. Ooh. You know, I hear families, and I know it's exciting when you're on a trip and you want to see everything, and they do a character breakfast into Disney World, into dinner at Disney Springs, and they're wondering why their children are having meltdowns. So just remembering that it's, it's exciting things, but it can be very overstimulating to younger children. And it's okay to, you know, go to Disney and then hang out at your hotel pool and order room service and have some time to wind down in between. So I like the idea of, again, one big activity a day and then maybe some smaller sightseeing where they can relax in the stroller. G'day mates from the land down under. Just kidding. I'm right here in South Florida enjoying a true blue Aussie coffee, pastry, and meat pie at my absolute favorite cafe here in South Florida, Bites and Coffee. That's B-Y-T-E and coffee located in Lighthouse Point. Bite and Coffee is owned and managed by the absolute best couple from down under, Dan and Kat, who moved to South Florida from Melbourne, Australia with the dream of bringing the incredible Aussie cafe culture to the States. As someone who's lived in Australia for five years, I surely do miss my Aussie flat white coffee, brekkie buns, and sausage rolls. But what I miss more is the sense of community when you step inside your favorite cafe. You know that feeling when you walk in and they already know your order and it's ready to go? Yeah, that kind of feeling. 
Bite and Coffee brings the good vibes, delicious food and coffee, and the true sense of family. I can bring my little girls for breakfast and know that they are welcomed. If you're living in South Florida or just visiting and passing by, I highly recommend heading over to Bite and Coffee and grabbing a coffee with your breakfast or lunch, or even checking out their incredible wine and beer selection with a delicious charcuterie board at night. It's the perfect spot for a catch up with a friend or a business meeting. As a special gift to listeners, when you order at Bite, be sure to mention Transform with Travel for 10% off your order. So go ahead and check it out. Bite and Coffee located in Lighthouse Point. Yeah, I think that's really powerful because I'm definitely the type of traveler where I'm like, I have an itinerary at 9 a.m. We're doing this at 10 a.m. We're doing this. And I've had to really loosen the grips of control, especially with kids. But my husband is much more of a let's just hang by the pool all day kind That's of traveler. Me. So yes. we get like, <laughs> sometimes he gets mad at how much I'm trying to stuff into the day. And then I get mad at how much, how little he's trying to do in the day. But we were just talking about this this weekend on Saturday, both Saturday and Sunday, Saturday, we went to a local park and did a walk and had brunch. The girls had their naps or quiet time. And then we just hung out at the house the whole afternoon. Sunday, we went to the beach. Again, they had their naps and we hung out the afternoon. I was like, this is a really balanced day. Yes. And he turned to me. He's like, this is what we're going to do when we go away. I was like, okay. He's like, repeat after me. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. Because when even we get overwhelmed, we're in a new environment. There's new sounds, Absolutely. new foods, new everything. Imagine what's happening to them. You know. Yes. And that's what I said. You know, As parents, we want them to see it all. We want to see it all. But I do think there's value in remembering that it's a totally different experience for our children and it is easy for them to get overwhelmed and overstimulated. So keeping that in mind. Okay, cool. All right. Any, any other And the tips? last one, kind of what we talked about is that they feed off your energy, your right. mindset, you know, setting those realistic expectations. If you're going to plan a full day worth of activities, don't be surprised if they have a meltdown, you know, because I think if you... A lot of times, again, if a parent has a character breakfast, the Disney plan, the Disney Springs, they get frustrated if their kids are crying and not enjoying it. But I think if you can say, hey, we're planning this because it's what I want to do. It might be a lot for them. They might get worked up. And then they do get worked up. It's not as frustrating right. if you have those expectations and you know it could happen. But yeah, I like to say what happens when traveling stays when traveling. So as soon as you get home, just getting right back into your normal routine and time and yeah, going right yeah, back into that, it. That was actually what I was going to ask is because that's one thing I'm really nervous about is we're going away for five weeks mm -hmm. and it's a completely like what's a 12 hour time difference. And I remember we came back home a couple of years ago with, with my oldest and it took her a really long time to kind of get back into it. So Let's say someone's going away. It doesn't have to be across the world, but someone's going away for an extended period of time, two weeks, three mm -hmm. weeks. Your, your advice is same thing, almost like you land, get out into the sun, and then the next day you're get back grounded to it. and go right back into it. I, I think just in conversations we've had prior, you've heard me say so many times, stay consistent, yeah. right? That's the biggest advice I can give. So yes, when you get back, get right back into it. But also know when I work with a family, the package I offer is a two-week package. Because I tell people, if I if I had a three-day package, you wouldn't always see the results you're looking for. So I think families get back and then day two, their children aren't perfectly adjusted to the new schedule and they start to get frustrated. But just remembering it takes time to shift habits, especially if you're there for five weeks, their habits will shift. Mm -hmm. So staying consistent with it when you get back and reminding them, you know, we we're home. This is what we do when we're home and we're sticking with it and just giving that their bodies that time to adjust back. And, you know, sometimes on travel, 
when we share a hotel, I mentioned we do end up sleeping with my girls, but they know once we get home, we have our own rooms for sleeping. It's just a standard we've always set. So yeah, I think as soon as you get home, it's important to just get right back into what yeah. routine you want to set moving forward. That's really that's really good advice because that's one thing I'm really nervous about is the the back the backlash of coming home you're from all of it. Ha- We're going to have two calls, yeah, one before right? and one after. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. And so do you, do you, I know you had a client that was, you were helping her when, with her big travels. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you do see a lot is people engaging you in like when they're going away or so when this episode airs, it's going to be around the holiday season. Yep. And so do you see a lot of that? Like I'm going to my in-laws house and they don't respect our sleep boundaries or they don't have the same yes. environment. Yes, absolutely. You know, or I've heard people say my husband and I went away for a week and the babysitter we were with, you know, my mom watched him and slept with him the whole time. So again, just remembering that because then I've had, so now I have to sleep with him because my mom slept with him and he won't sleep. But as soon as you start that habit, it gets harder to break. So you don't have to sleep with him. You just need to give him an opportunity to remember that this is home and this is what you do. Big advice around the holidays, I love to say it's okay to say no. It's okay to set the boundaries. You know, if your family doesn't respect your boundaries, have a talk with them and say, hey, we've worked really hard to get him sleeping the way he is, and it's going to hurt us if you can't respect those boundaries. Be honest. Have those conversations. And then not to overcommit. You know, if there's a party and it's going to keep my girls up, I have to weigh what we have going on the next day. Is it worth it? They can hang sometimes at night, but it makes for a miserable next day. And, you know, we don't overcommit around the holidays. So, yeah, I would say for yourself, knowing what boundaries you want to set and keeping firm with those for your family. Yeah, because I that's a question I get a lot from people is I'm going away to my in-laws house or my parents house or my sister's house and they do things different or Mm -hmm. they did things different with us as kids and they're giving me grief about how strict I am with my naps and that I have the blackout curtains up and and it like you said it's okay to say no and it's okay to set boundaries but it's especially tricky with families I feel like it's a lot easier to say no to a babysitter or a nanny or you know something like that but with family it could be really tricky and I think that's where you have to weigh it you know if you're going to be there for a couple of days then let them throw off their sleep for a couple of days. If you're going somewhere for two weeks, it might not be worth it to have their sleep thrown off for two weeks. Again, I personally know if we're traveling and my kids aren't sleeping well, I'm not going to enjoy the trip as much either Mm -hmm. if I'm not getting a good night's sleep. So I do like to set those boundaries. And you could see how it goes. And I always, always, always take one day at a time while traveling, while working with a family, All the time I have people say, what if my child's up all night crying? What if they don't sleep? What if they do this? And I'm like, you can't answer every what if question up front. You really have to take it a day at a time and then you adjust when you see how it's going. So I would say the same thing and decide if it's worth it for you to have those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, yeah, I think that's something that's going to be really helpful for people in the long run, especially not just with traveling, but also just as they progress as parents is learning like where your boundaries are Mm -hmm. and what you're willing to compromise with. And like you said, sleep, especially when you're on a trip is so important. Even as, as a, as a parent, I, when we were in Greece, Indy, my youngest wasn't sleeping very well because she was teething. She was not used to the time change whatsoever. It took her such a long time and we did not sleep very well that trip. And so everyone's like, wow, it looks so amazing. It looked incredible. I'm like, it was. And also (laughs) my eyes were going like sideways because I couldn't see straight. Like I was so tired. 
So I'm definitely going to take a lot of what you said into consideration for our next trip. And I know Perfect. I'll definitely be reaching out <laughs> before. And something else to remember, it does, does get easier. Yes. So as babies get older and their wake time stretch, they don't have to take as many naps during the day. So yes, when there's younger, when they're younger, there's more to take into account. But as they get older and they nap less, it becomes more flexible. Yeah. And everything does change because I often, mm -hmm. I hear people ask a lot, what's the best time to travel with your baby? And part of me is like when they're really, really, really young because all they do is sleep. Yeah. But then there's the other part of me that I, I was so anxious as a newborn mom that I don't know if that was the best time for me to travel. Now I think my girls are at an age where they can do a lot more. Indy is only on one nap. There's a lot more flexibility in the day, but they're more mobile and they need more activity. So then there's more, you know, there's like, it's there's give and take. Everyone thinks there's like this arbitrary age where things get easier. And I was it's just, yeah, changes. I was listening to the podcast you did with Wendy and she mentioned how she traveled with her children and there were still tough times. Right. And you said, oh, in my head, when my kids were that, like get to be that age, I thought it would be easier, but every age has, you right. know, it's ups and downs. And I don't know that I feel like, you know, instead of vacation, we call it a trip. I don't know that traveling with For children sure. will ever just be a walk in the park, relaxing, you know, sure. at least not until they're much older. But like then I think just accepting that and taking it for what it is and yeah. giving them these experiences is so beneficial. But the more you relaxed you can be, the more they'll feed off of that. Yeah. I, I, there was like this Instagram trend and it was like, what was it? it it's not a vacation. It's a family trip. And yeah. it's just like, like you said, changing, adjusting your expectations, right. adjusting your mindset around it. If you think you're going to go away and be able to sit by the pool and sip a cocktail and read your book when you have a three-year-old with you, no, it's just not going to happen. Exactly. And so just adjust and be flexible with what you want to get out of your trip. I One of the other episodes that we had on the podcast was with Lauren Klein, and she was talking about how she has an intention. Every day they wake up and say, this is the intention of the day. This is the Love one that. activity, the one hike, the one whatever experience, cultural experience we want to have. And then done, tick. Anything else that happens after that is a bonus, but not trying to overcommit. Exactly. To I, I love that. Huge. Yeah. And you know, I do offer one hour sleep calls for clients I've worked with previously for families. So I do get when the big trips come up, we we come up with a plan, but it's more just giving them the confidence to know they've got it and talking through. Because again, you could plan all day, but you never know what's going to happen. You take it day by day. And yeah, I think it's really working on that confidence for the parents to know, I've got this. You know, I'm going to be flexible. I'm going to take it a day at a time and we'll get through it and we'll enjoy it. And when we get home, we'll get right back on track. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. I of course. Yeah. So with, with the end of these episodes, I always finish with these rapid fire questions. Yes. So um, just come up with whatever comes into your mind. So number one is if you could only go back to one country or town or place in the world, where would it be and why? This is so funny. This is probably going to be the most random answer you've ever had, but Old Town in Kissimmee. It's oh, no like way. three hours away. I grew up going there with my dad and we started going there with my girls and it just has so many memories for me. So it's this little town and they have, you know, we take the girls to the magic show at night and they get caricatures and they make wax hands and they have a tie-dye store and a leather store. And it just is so nostalgic for me. Memories oh, like so with cute. my dad growing up. So if you ask Gemma where her favorite place is, she'll say Old Town. No and way. Yeah. It just, 
it's just for me such an easy trip now. We know it. We can hop in the car, take a day trip there if we wanted to. I know exactly what we need to pack. We know the hotel we stay in. It's just easy. And we it's gotten to a point where we just love our time there. Yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be this like crazy far flung place. Yeah. Just be in your backyard. Yes. That's awesome. And now it. the the bright line, the train goes like. I know. We to, have to check that out. Awesome. Yeah. It gets you right there. That'd be fun so, for the girls. Yeah. I mean, there's mini golf. Ride. There's an arcade. It's so I mean, I tell people all the time, you have to check it out. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, number two is what's next on your bucket list? Bucket list next. Actually, Kenny and I are taking our first trip. So this was on our bucket list that I'm taking off. We're just driving to Georgia, but it's the first trip we've had just the two of us since Reese was born. And oh she's four God. now. Wow. So it's been something we've talked about. You know, Mother's Day came. He's like, let's do this trip for Mother's Day. And then my birthday, let's do this trip for your birthday. And we're finally doing it. It's his birthday coming up in October. So yeah, it'll be the longest I've been without the girls oh. since Reese was born, but we know they're in good hands and they're old enough now. So I'm super excited. That's awesome. Yeah, for that yes. trip. Thank it's you. take off something on your bucket list. Yes, there you go. I know. It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number three is what's the biggest life lesson that you've learned while traveling? Biggest life lesson, go with the flow. I, I feel like with you, I'm very structured. I thrive off of a routine. Just learning that I can only control so much, like to let go of control while we're traveling. You know, planes will get delayed, things happen, and yeah, you just have to accept it and take it for what it is. Yeah, that's like the hardest lesson for me. I feel like I have to keep learning that one over and over again. Absolutely. (laughs) And then the last one is if you could give a piece of advice to a beginner traveler or beginner family wanting to get out there in the world, what would you say? Just to go for it and to do what feels good for you, you know, not to travel somewhere because other people are doing it. Find, you know, we love road trips. We love Old Town. We know what we enjoy and what works well for us. So yeah, find your own spots to make them your own. And yeah. Yay, I love that. Thanks. So (laughs) can you let everyone know how they can connect with you online, how they can find more about your business if people are listening and they're like, I need Michelle to help me right now. I'm going on a big trip or my daughter's having a hard time sleeping. What's the best way for them to connect with you? Absolutely. So I'll give you my website and social media. The website is makesleepsweet.com. My social media is at makesleepsweet by Michelle. Mm -hmm. I will say one thing I mentioned to you is Social media does not bring me joy. It's not, I don't love spending my time coming up with content. So I don't post often, but you can shoot me a message that way. I'll reach out. It's a great way to connect, but just don't be surprised if you don't see me posting very much. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited for everyone to hear this episode. And for everyone listening, please rate and review if you've liked this episode, connect with Michelle and share this with a friend. I know everyone who is listening, who is interested about sleep with children, they have a friend who they can share this with. Everyone needs help. So thank you. (laughs) Share. Thank you. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the transform with travel podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe. So you never miss an episode of inspiration, adventure, and exploration. If you felt inspired by this episode, please rate and review in whatever streaming app you're listening from. This allows us to spread the word even more and continue to serve up weekly doses of adventure. As always, we'd love if you could share the episode with someone in your life who you think will benefit from this conversation. Thanks so much for listening. This is your reminder to get out there and keep on exploring.